Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk with Coley Strickland of birthmombuds.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder. This is the podcast. This show is all about domestic infant adoption, and it's here to help you shorten the time, decrease the cost, and make it less stressful in your adoption journey so you can reach the dream of becoming parents. So thank you so much for joining me again. This is episode 34. We're going to talk about birth mom buds.org, which is a support organization all for birth moms and for women who are considering adoption. And Coley Strickland is on the show. So I'm so excited to talk to her. Man, I could have talked to her for two hours on this uh, interview. And so we'll probably have to have her back because there's so many more things we can and probably should discuss about domestic infant adoption. Uh, First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening because, uh, you know, this show is all about you to help you on the journey. And I hear from so many of you about how the show has helped you on the journey. So thank you for those emails and those messages. Those mean so much to me. It motivates me to keep the show going. So thank you for listening. Please share this show with anybody else who may be thinking about domestic adoption. Maybe they've already adopted. Maybe they're just struggling through their infertility and adoption's not even really a thought, but maybe this show could help them. So please share it. It's at infantadoptionguide.com. Or you can find the show on iTunes. You can find the show on Stitcher Radio. Uh, all those links are on infantadoptionguide.com under the podcast section. You'll see it. I've recently changed it. It's uh, the logo's uh, big and bright there on the on the main page. So, all right, today, you know, I, I just mentioned we'd had Co- we have Coley Strickland on the show, and she's here to share her story about how she became a birth mom and then how she went on to co-found birth mom buds, uh, which is a website nonprofit organization that helps support other birth moms and women who are considering an adoption and adoptive parents, hopeful adoptive parents. So, I mean, this is, this is amazing that she's given such a great voice to the, really the bittersweet turmoil for lack of a better word that, that, uh, women go through as they're considering adoption and, and, and how they get to that point of, of making that decision to go for an adoption plan and then support them afterwards as, as a member of the adoption community and just help them through their journey. Um, Coley does so much uh, in helping writing. She does speaking and just sharing her story with others. So I'm excited to have you uh, listen to the show today. Coley, did a, she did a great job. You'll hear her heart and you'll get a much better understanding and experience uh, from the birth mom perspective about domestic infant adoption. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I know I did. Here you go. Let's listen. All right. On the line today, we are speaking with Nicole Coley Strickland. She is the president and executive director of Birth Mom Buds, which provides support to birth mothers through its many programs, including the Buddy System, uh, a pregnant and placing program and annual birth mother retreats. And in addition to the numerous articles she's written, she also has been featured on a number of radio programs and magazine and newspaper articles 
as well as in books uh, such as Madeline Melcher's uh, recently released book called How to Create a Successful Adoption Portfolio. And you may recall we've had Madeline on the podcast a couple times. And then she was also featured in the book by Peter Berlin called A Personal Touch on Adoption. So Coley has been blessed to parent her special needs son, Noah, who along with the son she has placed is the love of her life. So welcome, Coley. How are you doing? Hey, Tim. I'm good. How are you? Real good, real good. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know we've been introduced through Madeline Melcher, and uh, I've seen Birth Mom Buds out there. It's been out there for a while, and uh, I just it's exciting to have a different perspective on the program. We've had a lot of adoptive families, um, some hopeful adoptive families, some agency people, some authors, um, and I've had one other birth mom on before, but it, it's been a while, and I'm excited to talk to you because you have such a reach and the support that you su- provide to, to other birth moms so and, and pregnant women who are considering adoption. So I really love what you guys are doing. I've heard you on other uh, podcasts and things, so I'm excited to have you on and talk about birth mom buds and uh, how everything is going. Um, well, thanks for having me in. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yes, thank you. And I just wanted to know really just how much you feel comfortable with sharing just your, your story about how you became a birth mom and, and how you got involved in the whole birth mom buds. Well, um, 13, almost 14 years ago, I found myself in a second unplanned pregnancy. I was on the Depo Ferreira shot and got pregnant at, um, and got pregnant and didn't realize I was pregnant until I was about six months pregnant. Um, and I was already parenting my son, Noah, who had special needs. And uh, I just realized I didn't have dad, birth dad support from either one of them. And um, just realized that I couldn't handle another child and um, decided to make an adoption plan. And um, I said, Charlie's parents actually were, it's kind of funny and not the normal kind of situation, but... They were um, customers of mine at the restaurant where I was a waitress. And I just happened to mention that I was pregnant to them one day, and um, they congratulated me, and I said it wasn't a, a good thing. And um, they, I explained that I was considering adoption, and um, they told me that their daughter was adopted. And I just assumed that she was their biological child because she resembled the adoptive mother. And um, they told me a little bit about open adoption and gave me their phone numbers. And a couple of days later I called and then I went over to their house and had dinner and, um, we made, we decided to move forward. We met with a private attorney and, and moved forward with an adoption plan. And, um, so it's an open adoption and my son, um, just turned, he turned 13 in September. Wow. How often do you get to see him? Um, I haven't seen him in a while, but now that he is older, um, he has his own cell phone and we text (laughs) and, um, we recently just became Instagram friends and that has been, um, really great on my end because I've seen a whole new side to his personality. (laughs) He's very funny. Like some of the photos he shares are just really funny. He has this kind of quirky sense of humor. I'm sure he gets that from you, right? (laughs) <laughs> he actually I think he gets it from my brother like some of the stuff he posts is so much like my brother it's not it's not even funny it's very ironic <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah. being an adoptive parent myself and I know a lot that are listening and it's very curious 
for us to to understand what an uh, open adoption really looks like. I mean, not all of us get to share in uh, that kind of an open adoption where children get to really interact directly with their birth parents. So it's it's very interesting to to see, especially at his age, the thirteen. I mean, our kids are much younger than that, and we're just starting to really work out how the relationship is going to be with, with our children's birth parents. So it's, it's interesting. Did, did you always have a very open communication lines then with your son's yeah. doctor parents? His, yeah. his mom um, um, was a social worker and she had done a lot of research on adoption and just felt like open adoption was the best thing. And so she actually educated me about open adoption. I had no idea what open adoption was. Um, and so she told me about open adoption and she said, you know, you'll be able to come see him and, and we can do visits and whatnot. And, um, I was like, okay, well, I don't know how that's going to work, but okay, let's, let's try it. And originally she said, um, give me, give me six weeks, let him bond with us after he's born for six weeks and get to know us and get to know our voices and our smells and all that kind of stuff. And then you can come anytime you want. And when we were in the hospital um, getting ready to leave, she said, do you want to come? You want to come Thursday? And it was a Sunday. She's like, you want to come visit Thursday? And I'm like, you said um, that I need to wait six weeks. And she's like, well, I didn't know I was going to love you this much. Oh. <laughs> and so um, She's like, please come Thursday. <laughs> and I think we had become so close during my pregnancy. I think it was a little hard at first because um, I felt like not only was, I losing my baby, but I was losing my friend in some, in some sort of way, you know, because we weren't talking every single day like we were when I was pregnant. Cause when I was pregnant, we talked on the phone every single day. Um, so that was a little hard. And so she tried really hard to, you know, call me randomly. It wasn't every day, but call me randomly and just, you know, have me over randomly. And, um, they would, uh, once they went back to the restaurant, they would come in the restaurant, but it was very sweet. They would always call first and be like, we just want to make sure it was okay, that we weren't having like a bad day and it was going to be hard to see us or anything. And I'm like, no, come on. And, um, I can remember times where they, um, I would be like, can I hold him and at the restaurant? And they would say, of course. And I would walk around the restaurant with him on my hip and like taking him back in the kitchen and show him to the kitchen staff and all that because they all knew about the adoption because all that happened while I worked there. So. That is so cool. Yeah. So we used to do birthdays together and um, like this was one of my favorite traditions. Now that he's gotten older, we don't do it as much, but um, they would come over to my house on his actual birthday and um, I would kind of decorate and make a cake and decorate my kitchen, my dining room area and make a cake. And so it was like just us, but it was like I was getting to throw my own party for him in some sort of small way. Wow. You know, uh, listening to this, uh, um, folks out there may think, and this kind of popped in my head, that would it be harder or not to have more contact with him? Is it is it maybe was it easier for you to to know that you made the right decision, that he's safe, he's cared for, because you had more contact? Um, honestly, it just depend. It depended where I was at that stage in my life there were times where it made it more difficult. There was a time where I was, um, in the beginning, I was seeing him like once a month. And I know people out there are probably freaking out. That's 
not what a lot of people do. That was just, we lived so close, and that was just what worked for us, for us in the beginning. But I soon realized, um, I, I saw him about every month for the first year, and I soon realized that that was just too much. I wasn't having enough time to grieve in between the visits, mm-hmm. and it was just too much. And so I asked for a little bit of space, and she was more than happy to give me what I needed, and um, that helped me. Um I don't know what it's not like to have a, a whole ton of contact. I mean, I haven't seen him in quite a while now, but I do have, you know, phone and email and texting and all of that. But I don't know. I think for me, it would be harder to not see him um, because I would just wonder, you know, how he was doing and that sort of thing. I think if I still had like pictures or, or you know, the emails from his mom and the text from his mom when he was younger, I think that would have been okay. But I can't imagine not knowing, like having a close adoption and not knowing anything. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, I can understand that. That would be so hard, not just not knowing. Exactly. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I, and I could ask you a ton more questions, but I want to move on to Birth Bomb Buzz too, and 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 really explain what the organization's all about, and and how you started it, and why you started it, and the kind of support you provide. So I, I love the website and the organization. It's just it's just something so needed for birth moms to have that support, so a place to go, even the even women, or maybe even especially pregnant women who are considering adoption, because. I know right. from from experience on our first two adoptions that there's not a whole lot of support out there, and you have to kind of know birth mom buds exist to even get the support. So I'm glad you guys are there. Can you help explain right. like what the uh, well? First of all, explain what the difference is between birth moms and pregnant women who are considering adoption, because I think a lot of people still don't understand the distinction there, and it's an important difference. Okay, well, we feel that um, you don't become a birth mom. I mean, if you think about it technically, you're a mom when you're pregnant. You're, you're a mom or you're an expectant mom. And even if you're making an adoption plan, you're still just an expectant mom. And when your baby is born, you're still just a mom until you sign those relinquishment papers relinquishing your rights. And when you sign those papers, that is the moment you become a birth mom. And so um, some people even feel, go as far as to feel that um, calling an expectant mother who's considering adoption, who's still pregnant, still at baby's mama, calling her a birth mom could be kind of coercive because you're already putting her in the mindset of being a birth mom. So just to be politically politically correct in this day and age, we try to distinguish the difference, like, you know, an expected mom is someone pregnant and considering adoption, and she doesn't actually become a birth mom until she signs those papers after that baby is born. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know it's hard to say um, when you're referring to somebody as a a pregnant woman considering adoption. I mean, not everybody wants to say that whole phrase. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah. So I think some people limit it to just expectant mom or expectant woman. So, yeah, I think that's okay. As well, long as they're not calling them a birth mom until yeah. they actually sign those papers, that's all good. Yep, absolutely. I agree. I, I can understand that. Um, well, I know you co-founded Birth Mom Bubs and Birth Mom <laughs> Buds. I can't say that right. Sorry. Why did you start it? Why did you come up with the, the plan? I'm sure it had to do with a little bit of your story, right? 
Yeah, let me just go back to the beginning, backtrack for just a second so it all makes sense. Um, not long after Charlie was born, I was grieving. Um, the middle, I would seem to wake up in the middle of the night the most and just be really upset and have a rough time. And so um, he was probably a month old at that point, and I turned on my computer in the middle of the night and started typing in all these adoption-related words looking for support and I was typing in birth mom and you know all kinds of stuff trying to find support and I was finding tons of stuff for adoptive parents and virtually nothing for birth moms and then finally I found this post that the title of the post was is anyone out there on adoption.com and it was written by a girl named Leilani who was also a birth mom who placed her baby just four days before mine which ironically happened to be my birthday. So her baby was born on my birthday and (laughs) they're just four days apart. And she placed her daughter in an open adoption. And she also was parenting a child who was the same age as mine at placement. So we had all these crazy similarities. She lived one state over in the same town as my grandmother, just, Lots of similarities, and um, so we started, I, I sent an original reply to her um, post, and then we exchanged, we started um, private messaging, and then we exchanged, uh, this was back in the days at AOL Instant Messenger, so we would um, <laughs> instant message each other, mm-hmm. and then we exchanged phone numbers, and we just became so close, because our kids were so close in age, um, they were experiencing all the same milestones at the same time, basically. And so we would talk all the time and she was the only person in my world. Although my friends and family were so supportive, she was the only person who got it. She completely got how I was feeling, like the happiness, the sad, all of it together. She completely got it like no one else did. And so that first year we just focused on us and getting through that year and um, just making it. And when our kids, right after they turned one, we started talking about um, just all the searching we had to go through to find one another. And we were like, wouldn't it be cool if we created some sort of central place to um, that birth mothers could come meet? And um, so that, that is how Birth Mom Buzz was born. And it just started with the two of us. And we didn't really have like any big plans. We just wanted to create a place for people to go. We never saw it becoming what it's become. And that was, um, gosh, do math in my head real quick. Almost 12, 12 years ago that we um, started Birth Mom Bud. And we just, like I said, it was just the two of us. And now we have over a thousand members from every single state in the United States and five countries. Wow. Impressive. That's that's really great. Uh, I mean, the the amount of support you provide. I mean, I hope you can increase that. You know, double, triple, quadruple that number, uh, because I know there's a bunch of, of of women out there, and especially birth moms uh, that need that support, and then maybe have not heard about you. So I hope this little vehicle here, this little tool, this interview we are using here, can help reach out to to more people. And, uh, if you know anybody, if you have, uh, a woman that's considering adoption or someone's already a birth mom, reach out to them, tell them to go to birthmombuds.com and 
learn about the kind of support that they can get. So let's talk about that support. What, what do you guys do? Well, we have a lot of different programs. Um, the first program I want to mention is our pregnant and placing program, and that is for expectant mothers considering adoption. And we have just stuff they can read. Like there's a whole section on the website for them. Um, we have a free um, hospital action plan that is like a um, – it's kind of a birth plan, but it's kind of tailored a little bit more to adoption. It has things like um, that they can think about, like do I want to have the adoptive parents in the room? Do I want to name my baby? Just, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then we also have a mentoring program for pregnant women who are considering adoption where they are um, matched with a birth mother mentor who has, um, they're at least one year post placement and they um, have gone through just a small amount of training through our organization. And then they are matched with an second mother considering adoption who um, is just there for them, like emotionally just um, is able to answer, you know, kind of emotional type questions. We don't provide any, law or medical advice or anything like that, but um, we can just support them and just be there from the, for them from a kind of, you know, been there, done that perspective. Um, and then our other really popular program is our buddy system. And our buddy system is kind of um, named after the buddy system in scuba diving, where you can't go anywhere in scuba diving without your buddy. Um, so, uh our buddy system is kind of like you need your birth mom buddy to be there for you. And there's a short form on our website and these are for, um, you know, birth mom's post placement and they just fill out this short form. And then um, we match them with someone who we try and match them with someone who has a similar adoption type is similar in age and similar location wise, but that doesn't always happen, but that's our goal. Um, so that's the buddy system. And then, um, we also offer an annual retreat, which is one of our, it's probably my favorite thing. Um, it is a lot of fun, and it's every year the weekend before Mother's Day, usually. And um, this this past year, this year was our 11th year of doing the retreat. Wow. And we have um, about 40 to 50 women come from all over the United States as far away as the retreat is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And women will come from as far away as um, Washington State, Utah, just wherever, all over the U.S. And um, we have a whole weekend full of activities and breakout sessions and just birth mom bonding, and it's a, a lot of fun. So you just had that? Yeah, it was just um, the first weekend in May. Nice. That is so cool. That uh, Man, that's got to be really fun to, to put on and... Uh... It see people in it's person. It's a lot of work, but a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I see you had a GoFundMe page for yes. uh, helping to fund we those retreats. To, yeah, we have to raise a lot of money to fund the retreat. So we do a GoFundMe page every year. And um, that's part of how we help pay for the retreat. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, anybody listening, if you want to support what Birth Mom Buds is doing, especially through this retreat, go to their website and find the, there's a little GoFundMe page um, link that you can go to and um, whatever you can donate, donate because it helps uh, them continue to do this retreat. It sounds like it's a very important part of what you do to 
meet uh, a bunch of birth moms face to face and continue the support. Yes. All right. Well, what kind of, uh, I'm sure you've been doing this for a while. So what kind of stories or maybe one or two that stuck out in your mind about how you've helped some birth moms or, or women, pregnant women who are considering adoption. Does one or two stories kind of stick out in your mind? Yeah, there's a, um, there's a couple of stories. I was thinking about this for a few minutes just before we started speaking. Um, cause there's so many, but, um, I have two favorites I'll share quickly. Um, the first one is a birth mother who um, was originally from Hawaii and she moved to Charlotte, North Carolina while she was pregnant. And that's just an hour from me. So um, she didn't have very much support in Charlotte. She had the adoptive parents in the agency, but she didn't really have any friends yet or anyone who was a birth mom or had been through anything like that. And so we connected through the mentoring program at Birth Mom Buds, and I became her mentor. And um, while she was pregnant, she was kind of stressing about um, how she was going to go through the labor and delivery without, you know, anyone really there for her. And so I said, okay, well, just call me. Call me, and I will try and make something work. So 2 a.m. one night, I get this phone call, and it's her, and she's in labor. So I drive an hour to Charlotte. And um, walk the halls with her, help her get her labor progressing, meet the adoptive parents, the people from the agency, just try and be, you know, her advocate, help her with whatever she needs. Um, And she had a pretty quick labor. A couple hours later, um, she pushed three times and the baby popped out. And he had a couple of um, breathing problems right when he was born. And um, so there wasn't a dad. And so she told the hospital to give me the dad bracelet. So I got the dad bracelet and I got to follow the baby into the NICU and be there with him for a little bit. And um, then I spent the next two days there at the hospital with her sleeping on the floor because the hospital was out of the little cot things they would bring the rooms back in. And um, so I spent two days with her and the baby and took pictures and just helped her with anything she needed. And it was um, like, she would say it was amazing for her, but it was amazing for me um, to just be a part of that and be able to watch that and just to be able to be there for someone and, and just watch a baby be born. It was amazing. Wow. So good of you to do that too. That had to be huge for her. (laughs) I just, I wish I had had that. So I just want to be able to be, you know, be that for someone. So it was very rewarding. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that what helped spark or the, or maybe you already had the buddy system going on and the mentoring programs going on before that. Yeah, it was all, it was all in, in existence before okay. that, but yeah. yeah. Well, that and was, that, I should say that normally doesn't happen with our mentoring program. Sure, we sure. don't really expect people <laughs> to do that. It just kind of worked out this time, you know, with her being so close and not yeah. having anyone and, I mean, it was kind of awkward because I just met her and then, you know, three hours in person, I just met her. And then three hours later, I'm watching her push out a baby. Um, <laughs> so that was a little awkward, but it worked. <laughs> uh, that was amazing that she trusted you too, that, to uh, that level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was great. Very cool story. Did you have one more you said? Oh, I did have a, another story. And, um, 
this one was just where um, we just, it was another story with someone who was um, pregnant and um, they were pregnant and making an adoption plan. And she just, she was moving again. It seems like these girls are always moving, but she was moving and um, she needed um, furniture for her new place. And we were able to find her and she was all the way in Texas and Leilani and I were able to find her furniture through Craigslist and FreeCycle and find it. Get pe- we were able to get people to just donate that furniture to her and just explain the situation. And they donated all the furniture to her. And it was just a really just neat to see so many other people that we didn't even know that we were just reaching out to via the internet come and just help this girl be able to um, just provide what she needed for herself and the children she was parenting while she was pregnant and making an adoption plan. Wow. Yeah, so you guys will do just about anything to support. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> we expect go way above and beyond a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. That shows your heart there. Your heart's in the right place, and you and you have the ability to rally other people around uh, the support too, which is, I'm yeah. sure, why you guys have been doing this for so long. It's it's amazing. Thank um, you. Yeah, I notice also on your website you have under the uh, pregnant and considering adoption part you have parenting information which i thought was interesting but i mean it kind of makes sense i mean you don't want to just like you said earlier coerce anybody into having to make an adoption plan so can you talk about that real quick yeah i i firmly believe that you cannot um you cannot decide what choice is right for you until you decide what choice is wrong for you Hmm. so you need to out like look at everything and make a parenting plan. Figure out what it's going to look like. How are you going to support yourself? How would you support the baby? How are you going to are you going to work? Where's the baby going to go while you're at work? Are you going to go to school? Where's the baby going to go while you're at school? Who's going to help you? Do you have a support system? You know, think about all of those different things. Write it all down. I'm I'm big at making lists and writing things down because it just creates a bigger picture. So write it all down, get it all on paper, figure out how it's going to look and think about that for a while. Think about how you would make a parenting plan work and see if there's any way that, that it would work. On our website, we have, you know, different, like a, a list of resources that like WIC and different government programs that would help expectant mothers who are considering adoption, like help them be able to parent, look at those programs, see if you apply and figure out what it would, um, what it would look like if you were able to parent and then see if that choice is, is right or wrong for you and do the same thing with adoption, lay it all down on paper, figure out what you want it to look like and see which one is right for you and which one is wrong for you. And when you figure out which one is wrong for you, then you know which one is right for you. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's 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 exactly what should happen. I mean, you can make the best decision for everybody, but especially for the child. So. Exactly. And then also, if you've done all that, like I do, I I didn't do all of that, and I do regret not um, just kind of looking at parenting a little more and seeing if I could figure out how to make it work. And if you do that, then you won't have those what ifs quite as much because mm-hmm. you will have, you know, looked at it and, and tried to make it work and, and seen if you could make it work. And then you just won't have like all the what ifs 
like I didn't look at government programs or anything like that. And now today I, ha- I will sometimes in my dark hours have, well, what if I could have made it work? What if I could have, um, you know, been eligible for this program or that program? And I don't know. And mm-hmm. it's too late, obviously. But if you do that while you're pregnant, then you're going to kind of maybe avoid some of those what ifs that you might have way later down the road. Absolutely. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And from an adoptive family perspective, I mean, you don't want, um, you want to make, you want to have the right decision that she makes the right decision, but, um, you also don't want to have the heartache of changing mind at the last minute because they haven't worked through all these issues. So I think that's really, really important. And I'm glad you, you do that. That's a huge service. Um, so regarding adoptive parents, that's where I want to go next because your site and what you do is not just for birth moms and women considering adoption. It's, it's really for adoptive parents too, because we're part of what's going on with raising the child and having that relationship with the birth mom and even the relationship with the woman considering adoption before she becomes a birth mom. I mean, um, do you help people try to set boundaries and try to communicate better and all those kinds of things? Yeah. On our website, we have the adoptive parents section, and we think it's important for precisely why you said, because we really want to um, foster great relationships between adoptive parents and birth parents who are in open adoptions. Um, And even, you know, great um, relationships between adoptive parents and birth parents will um, foster great relationships between birth parents and their children. And I'm going to use my own story for an example here. Um, My son's adoptive mother is very wonderful and has only spoken positively of me over the years. And you can tell that in the way that he talks to me and in, in the way he says things. For um, example, at his birthday, um, he sent me a text message. I sent him a happy birthday text message, and he responded back and said, thank you so much for um, making the decisions that you made and for choosing life for me and choosing my parents, and I love you so much. And the reason he says some of those things is because of how his mom has talked to him over the years and raised him. And um, so because we have had a positive relationship, she has only spoken positively of me. So we feel like that relationship between adoptive parents and both parents is very important because it is the beginning. And in the beginning, like I couldn't have a relationship with a newborn. I had to have a relationship with his parents. And so that relationship is so, is so important. Yeah, and I've, so on our adoptive parent section, mm-hmm. we have just some of our own advice that Leilani and I wrote, and then um, we have links to articles and whatnot um, that we think are good for adoptive parents to read. We're not adoptive parents, so we don't know exactly, but we thought they were important. And then um, we also have, um, we also like for adoptive parents to read through, um, we have birth mother stories on our website. And we think that those are so important for adoptive parents to read through because there's all different stories, like open adoption, closed adoption, semi-open, positive stories, not so positive stories, um, just all different stories. And they're just really great 
especially for prospective adoptive parents to read because it just kind of gives them insight into a birth mom's heart and just how how much we love our children and how we're doing this for our children and just how important it all is to us. Absolutely. I love that page. Uh, any adoptive parent or hopeful adoptive parent should go to that page uh, under birth mom buds. It's uh, under family and professionals and it says adoptive parents. If you click there, uh, you've got a very nice write up about just like you were talking about what, what adoptive parents should know. And in fact, one of your sections right there says a few things birth moms want adoptive mm-hmm. parents to know. And those are great points to make on just how the kind of contact and what you're, you as a birth mom really are interested in, in hearing and seeing. Exactly. It's very exactly. important to, to, to know that. Um, I think a lot of adoptive parents get a little scared about, oh, what's this open adoption thing? What do I have to do? And what do I have to be, to have to do all this stuff? And um, ultimately it is up to you, but to care for your child the way you should is caring for their birth mom. And you do a beautiful job of explaining what that means and how that looks. Thank you. And I think um, one thing I want to say that, um, Leilani always says it's like when you're talking about open adoption and, um, you know, some, I think some prospective adoptive parents are worried that the, adop- the birth parent is going to come try and take her child back or she's going to want her baby back or whatever. And Leilani always says a birth mom doesn't necessarily want her baby back after it's all said and done because we understand that they're in a good place and that's what's best and safe for them. We just want the payment in. So when we, call you up or um, send you an email or whatever. We're not trying to disrupt your life. We just need that. We just need you to reaffirm that our child is safe and loved and happy. And that's what every email, every text, every photo does for us. It reaffirms that decision. So it's important that you, you know, keep your promises and keep doing what you said you were going to do. And, and just follow through with that because we're not trying to disrupt your life or make things complicated or anything like that. We just want to know that our child is stays happy and loved. Absolutely. Well said. Do you, uh, do you recommend that there is a kind of a contact agreement set up and maybe not written down, or maybe it is written down before uh, or, or right around when relinquishment papers are signed or what do you recommend? Well, I have I have mixed feelings on those. I think they're important because I think if um, I well I think that you probably should have one because um, if you get all that down, if you think about all that, you sit down with the adoptive parents and the birth the expected parents, and you sit down and you write that during pregnancy before the baby's born. You get all that down on paper. That's a great time if you're on opposite ends of this of the spectrum to figure that out, um, to figure out maybe the birth mom wants visits four times a year and you only want one, or maybe you don't, the adoptive parents don't want any, or maybe the birth parents don't want any. But it's a great time to figure that out. And as terrible as unmatching at that point would be, it's better to do that during pregnancy and let that expectant mom go find another family and and the adoptive parents find the right expectant mother for their situation and their thoughts and feelings than 
to move forward and have it all fall apart later and have this upset, distraught person not getting what she wanted or what she thought she was going to get or mm-hmm. what she was even promised. And when adoptive parents break promises like that, it's like we we then, as birth mothers, question every other promise they made to us about how they were going to raise our child because all we have to go on are those promises that they made in the beginning. So I also think that making the um, contracts are good because you, if there are problems, you can go back and um, look at that contract, that contract, and see, you know, what did we say? Oh, we said we were going to do this, so we should probably follow this and then do it. Um, the reason I sometimes hesitate with them is nobody knows how they're going to feel after everything is said and done. So you need to try and leave room for like flexibility because, you know, like like I said earlier. I thought I was going to want visits once a month and then visits once a month was too much for me. So I had to cut it back. And so you don't know exactly how you're going to feel until it's all said and done. So if you're making a a contract like that, don't be so rigid with it that there's not room for flexibility. You need to be able to be flexible and see how everyone feels. And then, I mean, you also have to remember um, life gets busy. Once you've got a baby, the adoptive parents have a baby things get busy and crazy. So as a birth parent, I try hard to remember that a lot. And I think having another child does help me in that aspect. I know how crazy life can get. And then, oh gosh, it's been two weeks and you forgot to send a text. And you just have to keep in mind that sometimes people aren't, aren't meaning to be neglectful. It just, life gets crazy and and happens. Yeah. And don't uh, assume that you have to do a whole lot like you say on your website, I mean, a simple thing is such as sending a piece of artwork, um, oh, yeah. uh, a clip of their first, a lock of hair from their first haircut, or just sending some photos. Like what we do on, in our situation is um, with our open adoption, we we set up a Shutterfly account that's password protected, so only we can get it, and only our son's birth parents. So we upload pictures and videos in there, and they can they they can go in there and look at them anytime they want, and so. Our promise to and them yeah, was to constantly up that. that, update that. Yeah, so then they have the ability to look at it when they want to, not when us we just send them something through the mail. So exactly. it's worked out really well. And, then, and that way, if they're having like a bad day or whatever, you know, they don't have to look at it. And right. then when they're having a day where they miss their child, they can just pull up the website. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it worked out really well. So I would recommend uh, anybody that's considering uh, some kind of a contact agreement or your you don't have any agreement in place consider something like that and go read what uh Coley's put up there on the birth mom buds site so it's uh that's really good info okay i could talk to you for probably another two hours but uh <laughs> maybe we need to have you back on again and uh, we can go dive into deeper in some of these topics but where can people contact you obviously birthmombuds.com is the place to go Definitely birthonbuzz.com. And then um, our email is birthonbuzz at gmail.com. And our phone number is one eight five five four my bud And then we're also on Facebook under Birth Mom Buzz. Awesome. And our Facebook fan page is great because adoptive parents can like that. It's an actual fan page. So anyone can come like that. And then um, we ask questions. We'll do like a question every so often. And, 
we'll have birth parents and adoptive parents answer that question. And it's, it's just great to see the different perspectives and all of our blog posts um, linked there. We have a pretty active blog that has um, several different birth mom writers. We have some newer birth moms and an older birth mom. So it's just neat to see all the different perspectives. And, and I think those are great for adoptive parents to read and learn more about as well. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> would you have a site? Would you have a place to put this interview on your site so people could refer back to it? Of course, we oh, can great. put it on the blog or put it. We'll put it somewhere. Good. I'll good. Leave it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you can go to infantadoptionguide.com as well. But uh, I think if people are perusing around on uh, Birth Mom Buds, it'd be cool to have the interview yes, available to and listen to you directly of what you can provide to folks uh, on your site and all the support. So thank you so much for joining us, Coley. Um, you're so amazing. Um, you're obviously your heart is, is there for, to provide all the support and help for the adoption community, not just birth moms, not just women considering adoption, but us as adoptive parents and adoptive families. So thank you for all the things you've done over, over more than 10 years, which is really cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. Um, we, like I said, we're going to have to have you back on because I, I know we can we can dive a lot more into some of these conversations about um, just, it. yeah, the whole uh, adoption triad and how we can make it better for, for people, all everyone involved, especially the kids. All Definitely, right. Definitely. I would love it. Anytime. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Coley. We'll talk to you again soon. Sure. Bye-bye. All right, man. What a great interview with Coley. Strickland. She is amazing, isn't she? I mean, just so much that she does for, for birth moms, um, the program, the, the buddy system, the annual retreats, all the things we talked about are just amazing. I hope you can catch some of her articles that she's written. She's written for Adoptimist at adoptimist.com. Um, man, she's been featured in a lot of other places, but I'm, I'm just so happy to have her on the show just a completely different perspective of, of having not only gone through an adoption plan herself, but then helping so many other women. Um, it's just, it's, she's has an amazing story and she's doing an amazing job of, of supporting those women who are considering adoption and birth moms. So I hope you learned a lot. I know I did, and I hope to have her back because we really can talk about so much more. Uh, please go to birthmombuds.org and check out the site. There's so much to learn there and share it with others. I will share in the show notes for this podcast episode all the links so you don't have to remember them all, but go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 34 because this is episode 34 and you'll be able to find everything that we talked about today as well as the links to the various sites that we discussed. So one more thing I wanted to ask you, if you please would help get this podcast show into other, in the ears of other adoptive families that are just like you, it's hard to necessarily find this podcast if you don't know about it. So what would help me is if you go and leave an honest review on iTunes, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's infiniteadoptionguide.com forward slash iTunes. There's an easy spot there to click on saying uh, to leave your review and just Tell me what you enjoy about the show and that will help other people see it in iTunes so more people can uh, learn from the folks that we have on the show. So thank you again so much for listening. I, I love bringing this show to you 
And if you have any questions or you something that you would like featured on the show, just email me at Tim at infantadoptionguide.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and what you'd like to see or what you'd like to hear on the show. Uh, so thanks again. Um, I will give you a quick update. We're on adoption number three here. We're still waiting. I will give you guys an update. If we know anything when we're matched, I'll be sure to let you know. Until then, keep reaching for your dream of becoming a parent through adoption. Thanks. God bless. Thanks for listening to my dad.